0: Welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Go, you can go to the Facebook page, check that out, listen to uh, the previous shows that we had to build up to this backyard brawl between Michigan and Michigan State, which is pretty much just talking about my hatred for U of M. Uh, but Anthony Iani is with us today. Thomas Wright's going to be with us tomorrow. Anthony, how you doing today, brother? Doing good, Tyler. How about you, sir? I am doing well. If you like this content, you like AI, uh, do us a favor, share, subscribe, rate, review, whatever it is that you need to do. We would really appreciate that. Um, Anthony, look, we're going to talk about the game, um, obviously, because that's what I told you we were going to talk about. But I kind of want to ask you a question about the optimism or lesser of a basketball because, well, obviously you're a basketball guy. You've got the final four rings to prove it. Um, And (laughs) I'm just a basketball guy anyways. So, uh, look, they went down to Tennessee. The basketball team did. uh, Closed a scrimmage. Reports are saying they were up by, like, five, around half, and they ended up losing that game. Look, Izzo's got a lot of lineup options. He can go big, he can go small, he can go, you know, uh, Sissoko, Brooks, in uh, Hauser in the front court with uh, Walker and Hogard at the one and two, kind of like a, more or less your typical lineup, if you will. You have all of that going on, and you're missing Jay Akins, who has an opportunity to be sixth man of the year. And you had it, it went kind of back and forth during the second half, based upon the reports that you've seen. There's obviously no write ups or anything else about it in that regard is that a positive you can take away uh with tennessee being
1: a solid team this year yeah definitely i mean there's a reason why you know coaches wants to schedule these kind of closed door scrimmages you know against teams like gonzaga or tennessee because i mean it's not like he's going to play you know albion college or something like that behind closed doors i mean he's playing a tennessee team that's been very very solid in the sec the last few years and so I definitely think it's a positive, and I think it's definitely a good thing that you know Coach Izzo gets to see where his team is at against really good competition, especially this early in the year. And maybe that's a good that maybe that's also a good sign too that you know what, that Michigan State's going to compete against you know these teams that they have on their schedule early on. They may take a couple hits here and there in the beginning, but I think at the end of the day, like it's going to help them in the long run, and especially with you know the Big Ten conference not being as strong as it what it usually is in the past years.
0: You uh. How many of these uh, closed-door scrimmages against quality opponents have you been a part of? Because I know you weren't there all
1: four years, but... Honestly, none. Like, in my years at Michigan State, we never had closed scrimmages. Um, You know, we... I mean, we did the green and white scrimmage my my first year back at Michigan State, but then the next two years after that, I mean, we did not do it after that because I know Coach Gissel was really concerned about injuries and everything. But we also brought in some referees um, for us to scrimmage each other, you know, um, during practices that nobody would know about. So um, he really didn't start doing the behind the closed door scrimmaging. I think until maybe, maybe 2000, going into the year they went to the final four in 2019. So because um, I okay. know I know a lot of colleges, universities started doing that. So around then, so. Um, but I, I I wish we would have had something like that. I mean, it definitely would have been a cool thing to do and getting a chance to play solid competition before you get in your uh, exhibition games.
0: Hey, man, some of those teams you were on, it was solid competition regardless when you split <laughs> it up. <laughs> this <so>. is
1: true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Three, no, you don't. Um. So I was talking to McCumber yesterday. He said you're going to the game this weekend?
1: Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I wouldn't miss it. How, how far up are you? Uh, 92 rows up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 good, the good news is, because um, I was talking to a buddy of mine who has gone to Michigan Games um, in the past, he was telling me how where I'm, where, um, where I'm sitting at, you know, our band will be up there because apparently they don't have the bands on the field anymore because of, crowd, uh, cause of um, crowded uh, sidelines now. So, from what I've okay. been told, I'll be up there with the Michigan State fans and our band, so I'm not def- I'm not going to complain about those seats at all.
0: No, um, I remember – I mean, it's the only game that I ever went to at U of M. It was the Javon Ringer game. Yep. U of M student section. Ooh, that's rough. But at the same time, it was the Javon Ringer game, so it wasn't too rough, if you will. So, yeah, it was – what, what are you looking forward to about that experience have you been there before or
1: oh yeah I've been there you know I went there as a kid um you know my first time going to Michigan was in the year 2000 when we lost that 14 nothing shootout against drew Henson and company then I went to the <laughs> then I went to the mayhem in 2002 when they lost 49 of three Bobby Williams last game and I really did I really didn't go back to the big house after that till ten years later when we lost on a last second field goal but then I was there in 2015 with trouble with the snap and I was there in 2017 with, uh, with the monsoon game. So, you yeah, know, I've definitely had my, I definitely had my few share of, of downs at the, at, at the big house, but I definitely have seen some pretty impressive victories throughout our football team and maybe saw one of the craziest football finishes of all time in person as well. Well,
0: and look here, here's the thing. You can't call it a monsoon game because apparently it only rained on half the field. So <laughs> this is true. Based on the excuses, but, uh, but um, we, you and I, we've tried to work something out for what, like two weeks or whatever yeah. to talk about Tucker's contract. Um, so I'm just going to give you the floor on this. You know, the Wisconsin game I think helps a little bit because it was one of those games that you and I, when we talked about it, we, I said if he wins this game. Even if he doesn't fire Scotty Hazelton, he gets another year um, because I feel like this was the closest thing to a "quote unquote" fifty-fifty game that you could potentially get. Mm-hmm. And look, when you were when we were chatting back and forth during
1: what game was it? I think uh, it, it it may have been. I think it was the Ohio State game. I, I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Yeah, when we were chatting back and forth, I mean, we were both pretty peeved. Obviously, things yeah. have kind of. <laughs>
1: Uh, kind of eased up a little bit.
0: Yeah, they they toned down a little bit since then. Oh, I mean, where are you at with it
1: right now? I mean, honestly, Tyler. I mean, it's kind of like you said. You know, everything's kind of calmed down. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you win a game. Um, there were some <laughs> things, in the, there were some things in the Wisconsin game that I saw that I was like, huh, like why didn't this happen so? long? Like why why all of a sudden are we doing this now? I mean, you see, jo- why you are see- we
0: throwing the ball on first down all right? of a sudden? <laughs>
1: Or why why are we now playing a four three style type of defense and Jacoby Women's now at linebacker for most of the time? Like why did we do that in the beginning? And and obviously I think a lot of it had to do with injuries. You know, I mean we yeah. we were down a bunch of guys at defensive end and we didn't have Jacob Slade. is out, Bogle's out for the year. Yep, and you didn't have Jacob Slade for a while, and now you got him back. You know, for the rest of the season. Same thing with Xavier Henderson. So, and plus they had the bye week too to work on you know adding things to the four three scheme and. And from what I read, like that was Scotty Hazleton's bread and butter before he got to Kansas State. Now again, Scotty, it's not Scotty Hazleton's call to run what type like to decide what type of scheme he wants to run. That's the head coach's job, because it's it's his, it's his quote unquote, it's his corporation that he's running. You know what I mean? So yeah, but if they went back, but if Scotty Hazleton got in Mel Tucker's ear and said, Look, like we need to go to four three because this is what every other team's do, and these are the type of athletes we have for this. You know it'll be interesting to see if they do stick with that, but I mean, it's amazing what a healthy Jaden Reed looks like. You know when he's at 100. percent And Keon Coleman can end up being one of the best wide receivers in the conference if you utilize him more. I mean he's he's almost he's about six foot four. He could jump out of the stadium, and he's got and he's got four four speed. So you you got to utilize that. And obviously like they still can't run the ball really well, but there were some thing, there were some changes that were made to be and and you could tell special teams wise other than a horrible blindside block call which the in my opinion i think Wisconsin's guy tripped over his own foot to make it look like it was an illegal block in the back jaden Jay, reed should have at least two punt returns for touchdowns this year but they were called back as a penalty so there's still that there's still that recipe for success that this team could have and you know what if they somehow go and Pull a rabbit out of their hat and beat Michigan this weekend. I mean, now you have no excuse to try to win the rest of the season because, or the win all your games the rest of the season because. Win you, up. It, right. Because if, if you look at the Help schedule. Help me cover the over seven and a half games. You know, the, the, there you go. Because if you look at the schedule, Tyler, I mean, I mean, Illinois, I mean, Illinois is a good team, but are they really that good? I mean, looking at the Big Ten West, I mean, I don't think I don't think Illinois is that good. And you got you got Rutgers at Indiana at home that you should beat, and you got a Penn State game that, in my opinion, is probably a 50-50 game because, like, I don't think Penn State's that great. I don't think James they're that Franklin good. can choke, they, right? And they and have a to, ton of talent. Yep, and and he loves to have and he loves to start fights in tunnels apparently in football stadiums. Um, but uh, honestly, man, like it's I love peanut butter and jelly. There you go. But like, <laughs> but so. So, I mean, it's definitely died down for me, but I'm still – I'm still, like, I I don't know. There's still that part of me that's still iffy about, you know, you're paying paying a coach $9.5 million to win and you're sitting at three and four, and yet, you know, everything that's happened leading up to the Wisconsin game was not a good look. So, you know, hopefully, you know, somebody got in Tucker's ear and, you know, said, hey, we need to make these changes we need to do this and that. You know, hopefully that's the case, but at the same time – but for me personally, he's still on a short leash, and I could still give you 9.5 million reasons why Tom Mizzo should be the highest paid coach in Michigan State athletics history. So you know, that, 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 that's that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at right now, Tyler. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all about giving people chances and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, if you if you go down to Illinois and you lose, or if you go into Michigan this weekend and you get the doors blown off of you, if you lose this game by 30 plus points, Actually, not even that. If you lose this game by twenty plus points, then you're gonna have a very angry fan base. Like, you know, this is one of the games too where you just throw out the records. You know, everybody's zero and zero, and it doesn't matter if Michigan State's zero and five and Michigan's five and zero, or if, the, if it's the other way around, you're gonna get each. You're gonna get each team's. You're gonna get each team's best shot. And I think. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, a lot of Michigan fans are forgetting is like you're gonna get a fighters. You're gonna get a puncher's chance against you know Michigan State on Saturdays.
0: Well well this is this is how I like him to and look, going back really quick regarding the ISO comment that you just made saying that he should be the highest paid coach, this isn't completely ignoring the fact that football bring more money than you know any other program. It's uh, one of those situations like you're not oblivious to it. And I just want to make that clear for the listeners. You know, when we talked about it, he said, "I know that football brings more money than anybody, but there's a reason right. or should be." And I think it's—I mean, for me, it's more his ambassador-type role to the school as well. Um, I think that kind of catapults him in that regard, um, because you don't see it—you don't see too many other coaches in that role. Some guys are just coaches. He's everything for the school
1: um more or less like well that too tyler and you look at you know coach Izzo's history too based on what he's done like he he took a michigan state program at the time that wasn't exactly the greatest and then he's built it into a national powerhouse like he's put it up there with the dukes and the kentuckys even the north carolinas of the world today and you know i I have nothing against mel tucker like i love him like he's a great guy i've met him before but you know i think as far as like the contract goes like if, you, if you're like, let, let's be honest. Like, I, I know Mark D'Antonio made a little bit more than, than Coach Izzo did, but like, I mean, if anything, like, I, I could see, I, I can't remember what Mel Tucker's starting salary was. What was it like, $4 million? No, no it was more than D'Antonio, I think. Yeah, it, it might have been more than D'Antonio was, uh, you know, it, it may actually, it may have been a $5 million contract. I don't know. We would have to go back and look, but even if it was $5 million, like, you know what, you can move him up to like seven million and still pay like Coach or like six point five million or like he is now. And so but I, I think do I think there was a little bit of panic on our end to keep Mel Tucker? Like I think there was, but you know the, Yeah, there are a, a lot of good jobs that opened up. Yeah, and, and then there there's and you know this, there's a lot of responsibility when you are getting paid nine point five million dollars and going and starting off a of season three and four is not what you know is not part of the deal like you're getting to pay this amount of money to compete for big 10 titles and potentially get us back in the college football playoff
0: yeah you've you've, you've got to at least be competitive and i mean i understand that everybody's still kind of young in regard to the class that mel tucker has brought in the classes mm-hmm. but with him being such a great recruiter you know now it's time to start showing some of that development with guys like I'm trying to think who can um, Coleman obviously you know we, we see it there but the guy is obviously just a natural athlete as well you know putting up 40 point quadruple doubles in high school but y- you've got to show me now like it's time to start winning because the best players on your team they're not from you yet and no. I we need to see it next year. We need to see some of his guys step in to roles that the Antonio guys had. Mm-hmm. Henderson and Slade are back. And I think it's good for them to get that Wisconsin rep in instead of just holding them out until after the bye. Agreed. I thought that was huge. Especially yeah. Henderson, who still looked a little hobbled. And, I mean, they didn't play him the entire game. But they, they gave him some run. Um, especially against a run heavy michigan team because henderson's a box safety to me you know what i mean he's one of those guys who will get up in the box and michigan is very very run oriented even though they have jesus mccarthy under center
1: (laughs) Uh, oh and the thing is is like there's part of me that really does believe that michigan will try to stick to the run as much as possible that they won't throw it like thirty times a game, or they won't try to throw it. Like I'm sure they'll try to throw deep balls, but the question is, you know, can JJ McCarthy connect on those? And we haven't seen a whole lot this year. But I mean, I mean, the Michigan State secondary is still sus right now. I mean, we we don't know, you know. I mean, they they I, but, Henderson but he,
0: needs to be back to full speed, and I'm I'm fine with Chuck Brantley. He's just
1: undersized. I, oh, yeah, like he's played he's played well this year. I think. He, he has, and he he's probably going to be, you know, he, he'll probably be an all-Big Ten corner, you know, next year as a junior. Um, and then, obviously, they'll get some help on the other side after that. But, you know, my thing is, and we and I said this at the beginning, Tyler, like, the Michigan State secondary could play the greatest game that they'll play all year on Saturday. They may get, they may get two pick sixes on Saturday, and we may win this game by 17 points. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, there, there, there's a part of me that really believes that, you know what, my, my head keeps thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to go in this game. We got no chance, and we may not win it. But there's also still that part of me that that's like, you know what? We've seen crazier things happen in these rivalry games in the past. So who knows? We may catch Michigan off guard. We may walk out of there and pull their pants down and walk out. Like, we don't know Maybe
0: what's – We've seen less talented Michigan State teams than this year's team beat more talented Michigan teams than this year's team. There's a lot of truth to that. And, really I'm not, I, and I'm not saying this Michigan team's bad. I think they're really, really good. That being said, would they be a playoff team any other year? I'm, I don't see anything that differentiates them from other good top 10 to 15 teams. Through, I don't right. see that. You know, if JJ starts to connect on those deep balls because he's missed a ton this year or they start utilizing his legs a lot more, um, then I can start to see it a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Then
0: you, then we can start having that conversation. I'm not sold on your secondary. I'm not sold on your back seven. Um, your defensive line is good, especially on the interior. But let's be real, you did lose two first-round picks uh, last year. Oh, Jabba would have been if he didn't get hurt mm-hmm. um, during his pro day. And so those are – that's what i'm looking at um let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. if you're a because jacoby windman said something after the minnesota game that really made me mad oh we thought they were just going to come up in here and run it and tanner morgan ended up looking like dan marino (laughs) um and that's never a good thing right do you sell out against the run against this michigan team
1: you know, I think you just go and I think you just play your defense. You know, I, I think obviously you play a 3-4 defense. You do it the way against Wisconsin. You, you do it the way you did it against Wisconsin. Obviously, you keep the focus on the run, obviously. But at the same time, you have to keep the focus on the passing game, too, because Michigan State's got – or Michigan State. Michigan – I mean, we have good wide receivers, too. Um, but Michigan's also got some good wide receivers, too. I mean, Ronnie Bell, I mean, he's, he's no joke. I mean – Andrew Anthony, I mean, I don't know where he's been this year, but he's still capable of having those breakout games. And the other two House, they got are very good too. So, I, I think that's the thing. You know, I think Mel Tucker really, really underestimated Minnesota's passing game, which was total disrespect to Tanner Morgan. And look what he did—he sliced well, and diced that Tanner defense. Morgan's... Right, right. So, <laughs> so, but at the same time, you have to respect your opponent in all areas of the game. Just like, just like the game of basketball, like it doesn't matter who you play. They, they practice with the same size ball you do. They practice on the same length court, 94 feet. They play in arenas too. So it's the same thing in this aspect. You respect your opponent in every aspect of the game. They throw the football like you do. They play defense like you do too. Like everybody has a job to do in the sense. Okay, if they job. play
0: defense like we do, Peyton Thorne Oh, we oh, an all American. Peyton Pey-
1: Pey- 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 <laughs> Thorne would be Heisman front runner right now. If that was the case, but but <laughs> but, you, but you catch my drift, though. I mean, they're yeah. all they're all basically doing trying to do the same things that you know any other football team would do. So, but I I I really truly believe that Mel Tucker and that defense can't just solely focus on you know, Blake Coram the whole game. Like you gotta focus on the entire game itself of passing. But if they keep Blake Coram on the inside, I mean Michigan's gonna be in trouble because all of Blake Coram's runs have been to the outside. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not like where, you know, Kenneth Walker gets stuffed up the middle or if he bounces to the outside, he can come right back to the middle. So I mean, again, you gotta you can't just you can't just solely focus on one guy. You know, it's like basketball. You can't you can't just solely focus on LeBron James the whole time. Like LeBron's got four other guys out there with him that could play too. So you got to focus on everybody.
0: Yeah. Or you can let LeBron go off for 37, seven and seven and watch his team take another L. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, look, one of of my concerns about Corum bouncing to the outside, we moved to Sean Mallory to defensive end. Sean Mallory was hurt most of the year. He's defensive tackle, but part of moving Winman back because of the injuries to Petrowski and Bogle, um, moved Mallory over to defensive end um he is a tackle you're a little slower on the outside your linebackers better make that play um Donovan Edwards very good as well might be a little bit of a bigot um (laughs) I have I have no no comment (laughs) (laughs) I said might be look I'm not Uh, he's probably a good kid just made a mistake that's all it is yeah I I was gonna Uh, say
1: Tyler like at the end of the day like and this is not this. I'm just gonna say this for everybody listening: like, ju- just be careful what you say and do yeah. on social media. I mean, because yeah. again, especially, especially during a week like this, or any like, and not just a rivalry week, but any week in general, just be very, very careful what you decide to say and do, or click yeah. on. And on he
0: already media. made headlines with the Cobra Kai No Mercy" comment and anything like that. But look,
1: yeah,
0: we let's be real: nothing's gonna happen to him. I mean, no, gosh, you can you can rap michigan's 80s car around a freaking light pole and nothing's gonna happen to you <laughs> we've seen that firsthand so i'm look, nothing's gonna happen to him he's he's just as every bit as good as quorum in my opinion um again same type of thing i think you can bottle him up on the inside with Slate and Barrow and cal halliday mm. if he's playing that mike in a four three um you gotta you gotta try to bottle them up if obviously Michigan's offensive line which is probably the best offensive line in the country gets to the second level they clear you out before you touch the running back I mean it's curtain send too so you've you've got to try to bottle it up though um really quick because we're up against it one key offense one key on defense what do you want to see
1: uh, for defense, obviously, I want to see them
0: shut down the run.
1: I want to see them try to hold quorum to under 125 yards rushing. If they do that, then they'll be in business. And then offensively, i like to see Peyton Thorne use his legs more because if Michigan State's going to have a chance in this game, you know, Peyton Thorne needs to have at least you know, more than 50 yards rushing on Saturday. And if he does and he, and, he throws, and he throws his pass as well is very accurate, Michigan State's got a shot that can, can I add one more thing to paint and thorn running sure yeah slide two yes please do <laughs> prediction uh I'll give you both my head and heart uh, my head is saying you have Michigan uh, 31 Michigan state 14 but my heart's telling me Michigan state 28 Michigan 17
0: and I want one thing pointed out uh, in both of your uh, predictions mm-hmm No field goals on Michigan State's end.
1: Absolutely Um,
0: not. Okay, I mean, hey, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Again, uh, you want to listen to me and Ryan and Sean just completely go off about our hatred for U of M and why we hate them and Mike Morris and everything else, you know, you can check out podcasts on the Facebook page. Uh, Thomas Wright's going to be on. We'll get deep into the X's and O's tomorrow with him as uh, well, if we get ready to wrap up this rivalry-free week. Hey, I, hey, have a good time on Saturday, man. Thanks, brother. appreciate you. I'm Tyler Hayward. This is Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast.